So um, I'm here with Karen Massin from uh, Berson Marstella. Karen is uh, the CEO here and the leader of a, of a team of about 50 people. You took over leadership of the company about two years ago, so you're probably just getting into your stride now. So before we get into your leadership challenges, um, can you just explain a little bit about your journey and how you got uh, to become the leader of the company? Thank you, Gary, for inviting me. Um, so I, uh, after my studies, I did about two years of internship because at the time it was already difficult to find a job. So I worked for the UN in New York, the UNESCO, UNHCR, the uh, French Foreign Affairs. Uh, and then I arrived in Brussels, like everybody, to do an internship at the European Commission. I was working on foreign affairs issue. And after my internship, I was um, applying for this company called Burson Masterler that didn't know exactly what they were doing. And I got hired, and then I took basically all the different levels until uh, two and a half years ago when I was named CEO. Mm-hmm. And you took over from your predecessor, and before that you were CEO, as you said. Um, so that transition or, or that change, what were the challenges that you, you had in, in that period? Well, first I have to say that uh, it went very smooth because uh, I was put uh, COO for three years so that I could really become a binome with uh, with the CEO and then with David, we really did, uh, we really worked as a team. So he really uh, taught me a lot of what was needed to uh, to become a CEO and then I could really start to make decisions for the office thinking about where we would go. You know, thinking about how we could uh, we could uh, guide and and hire the employees. So I really learned a lot from him. But that said, uh, when I actually got to be the CEO for the first day, you know, I realized it's not exactly the same thing. And it's one thing to be number two and to advise, and it's another thing to become number one and to actually have to be deciding what is the way forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's um, you realize that you know you have to be you have to be guiding people. You have to decide which direction you want to go and you have to make sure people follow you. Mm-hmm. So it requires a lot of energy that you have to provide, a lot of certainty that you have to show the people you know the way. Mm-hmm. And it does make things a bit different from being number two to being number one. So in that key period where you're transitioning from one style of leadership to another style of leadership, from a, a, a different vision to a new vision, um, what were the key strategies and tactics that you used to ensure that the, there was a continuity of, of strong leadership? Um, I think it's just every leader has a different style. Mm. And every leader, you know, believe into certain things. Mm. So it was just a change of leadership, like it happens every time there is a CEO change. And um, I just looked at uh, the market. I just look at how much, you know, our world of public affairs has changed mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the arrival of, of digital media. I looked at uh, the way our employees had changed mm-hmm. because we got into millennials, which was answering to different codes. And um, I look at, you know, how BM was compared to this changed. And I decided basically to, to embark into certain directions mm-hmm. with certain criteria for us to actually adapt and to be you know thriving on these changes to meet the demands of the clients and actually to be in advance of the of the demands of the clients and i wanted a, a team which would be i wanted us to become like almost a startup you know a place which would be creative fun empowering mm-hmm. people and uh, and of course when you when you make changes which were kind of important changes mm-hmm. It's not always easy because you people don't necessarily want to change. You know, some people fear changes, mm-hmm. and um, so you have to have extra energy to really explain this is a direction, guys. 
this was where I want us to go. You have to actually, you know, kind of bump people up in mm. terms of like have their will to follow you. So you have to explain a lot. You have to guide. And of course, people tend to do the old way. So you have to say, no, 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 we're going there now. Mm -hmm. No, 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 we're really going there now. Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of time a bit to, to adapt. Now, so some people want to follow your new strategy, but others don't. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you have to acknowledge that as well. Mm -hmm. And um, in that first period of leadership, we've spoken before that you um, you actually found out that you're pregnant at the same time. So um, how did you balance the, the your work-life balance and your home life and, and the challenges that, that leadership provides? It? Well, I was maybe a bit more tired. <laughs> but I mean, it also... Again, I mean, for me, the fact that I have the two, like everybody who's mm -hmm. got the two, you know, it also gives you a lot of energy and a lot of balance mm -hmm. because, um, you know, you you know that work is not the only thing. Mm -hmm. And so when I go home, I, I can really disconnect well from, from work. Mm -hmm. But also the fact that I've got family, you know, actually empowers me a lot of work and gives me a lot of energy mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very happy there. So it's really, it's, I find it really helpful, actually, mm -hmm. to, to carry both together. But of course, I've got a few people helping me, including my husband. Yeah, um, and and there's a lot of talk about the kind of loneliness of the CEO position. I mean, how do you overcome that loneliness of of the CEO position? Um, I think that uh, it is true when you are when you are CEO, you're more lonely because ultimately you're the one who has to take the decisions, mm -hmm. the nice decision, the easy decision, but also the tough decisions, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think this is not difficult because when you're a CEO, you have to take decisions. This is your job. Yeah. And you have to basically be able to move forward all the time. A company that doesn't move forward on stalls basically has a bad CEO. Mm -hmm. You have to always be constantly moving. And uh, But yes, it is lonely. But on the other hand, I mean, I am in a leadership that I believe I don't know everything. You know, I'm not like this... 70 year old man who mm -hmm. just has seen everything of the life so then just has an answer for everything mm -hmm. i've got good instinct but i also listen to a lot of people before mm -hmm. taking decisions so i have a strong team of people mm -hmm. which can be senior people they're also junior people mm -hmm. and then i basically listen to people and then i take decisions after that but you still have a presence when you you enter the room and it was something i was always impressed by um is that presence something that you've developed over time or has it always been there um, how do you ensure that when you walk into the room that, that people are aware that, that you're the leader? And is there any difference between, you know, being a female um, and being a leader as well? Um, I think uh, each of us, we're born with a different character mm -hmm. and we have different aptitudes. So I think you have to play with that. And mm -hmm. some people are more, you know, leaders and some are basically, you know, develop that with the time. And, and I think it's fair to say that at, I think in the kindergarten playground, I was already like having friends and kind of deciding things. Um, and the letter was very good because I organized a lot of parties as well. But um, so I think you have natural things, but it doesn't mean that you can't develop it. You know, mm. I mean, if you're willing, you know, you learn with your experiences how to lead people, you learn how to work with people. Mm. And I think everybody can acquire that. I think it is true that I'm a very, you know, I'm a bit small in terms of stature, so I think it uh, it doesn't necessarily play, you know, for mm -hmm. me, and um, so I think you just have to to acknowledge that when you go into a room that maybe you, I'm not physically impressive as a CEO, mm -hmm. but then you kind of catch it up when you when you speak because people listen to you and then they basically, uh, you know, they, they understand why you've been put into this position. But um, is there a male a difference between male and female? Um, 
Yes, I believe maybe to a certain extent, but I think it's about it's about people, you know, characters, and it's about what they learn. I think what that makes them good leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first started the leadership here, you were you were, were prepared for it in one way, but what parts of the job um, were you not prepared for, and what parts of the job were very challenging for you at the beginning? I think I had uh, underestimated the fact that. Uh, being number one is something very different. Mm-hmm. And I had I was not sure I would have all the capabilities, you know, in me to actually uh, develop what was needed to be a, to be a good leader. And it's a very uh, 360 job in the sense that, you know, you need to look at your clients, you need to look at the market, you need to look at competition, you need to look at your employees, and uh, you need to look at, you know, what is needed in the future. So everything you take basically has consequences as decisions. Mm-hmm. So you need to really reflect on that. So I had to, I, I decided to first, as I said before, you know, I listen a lot to people, but I also decided to, to be very critical of myself and to realize, you know, when I'm doing something well or not well, to actually try to act upon it. So I try to be very open-minded and uh, and to actually reflect on the things I should be changing in my style as well. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I'm far from being perfect. That's why I'm still learning every day. But I try to be really realistic and to be very open. So I try not to say no as a principle, mm. for instance, and to really see actually if I can make things happen. So um, when you say you've, you've taken a decision, you find out a little bit, down the line that, that maybe the decision was was wrong um, how do you how do you cope with that how do you um, you know communicate that to your staff are you very open about admitting saying okay that was a, a wrong decision or do you just take another decision to move them a, a different way well as I said before I think you have to take decisions all yeah. the time and uh, otherwise this is not good and yes sometimes I take decisions which are not so good mm-hmm. and I've got no problem to revert them if I realize they're not so good mm-hmm. and I've got no problem to explain it you know I'm a human being you know I don't know everything I'm not the Dalai Lama yet yeah. <laughs> and um, so I think I just explain you know I said okay I did that but maybe actually this is better to be done and I'm actually cool about it mm-hmm. I think I uh, you know I think it's fine to actually admit it and I think it's more a mistake if you just stick to it mm-hmm. if it's a bad decision you have to be strong enough to revert it if it was not good mm-hmm. And um, do you have a set of leadership principles or values that you kind of live by when, uh, when you know, leading or living your life? Um, I think, yeah, uh, ethics for me is important. Mm-hmm. So I don't do favors or mm-hmm. I don't do double standards for people. So I, I try to create my own set of rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to, uh, to be fair mm-hmm. as much as I can, and uh, which are really the, the guiding principles for me. And um, and also I try to be, I would say a bit, I don't know, unexpected or fun in a way into mm. the way we do the work because I think you know we all spend ten hours a day in the office, so I think if we try to be you know enthusiastic leader and then try to actually have ideas and you know and allow people to actually be you know thrive these ideas, I think for me is, is a good way to work. Mm-hmm. And um, when you started your your career, did you have in mind that you was going to end up in this position? Was it something that that you went out and said, yes, you know, I'm going to be in a CEO position by this age? Um, or was it something that just happened organically? You know, I never had a, a career plan, which yeah. obviously I think is wrong because apparently it's not even good to stay in a company for 17 years. But uh, no, it just happened like that. I mean, I, I arrived at Burson Master you know, a bit by coincidence, as mm-hmm. I said before, and then I got promoted, you know, regularly to the next stage. Mm-hmm. And um, I took as a principle that... Um, as long as I have fun and then I learn something, I stay. And it's still the case. I have never learned so much than in my current position. 
So I'm really, I'm really grateful. And I was very, very lucky to have um, extremely good leaders who, uh, you know, believe that I could actually you know, develop and give me the capability to do it. And I'm very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And you say you're learning every day. So what was the, what's the latest thing that you learned? What's the, uh, the thing that you've learned recently that you didn't know before? Okay, so for instance, at the moment, I'm learning how to do videos, yeah. which is something I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. And then last week, I was uh, learning uh, something new on, uh, on Twitter that I could be doing to actually enhance you know, my work. Mm-hmm. And what about in terms of leadership? I mean, what are you learning every day about leadership that, that is, is constantly new for you? Um, I've started to read things like the, the business, you know, Harvard reviews mm-hmm. or the Harvard business reviews. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've just started to read more about how you structure a company, mm-hmm. what are expectations of people. And, uh, and I find it, I find that very interesting because this is not something I was doing before in my work You know, I was doing client work and yeah. I was doing that. And now it's about the managing the company as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, what I also find interesting is that, you know, with new colleagues, you know, which I've got different expectations of trying to, to lessen the structure of the office. I try to make empowerment, even at the junior level mm-hmm. to be less hierarchical. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things I'm working at the moment, for instance. Um, when you obviously in leadership, there's a lot of conflict um, as well. So, how do you manage the conflicts um, that come up every day? Well, first, I don't shy away from mm-hmm. conflict. Yeah. Because I think you have to solve it. I mean, it's not nice, you know. It's just like I mean, some conflicts are you know more complicated than others. Mm-hmm. Some like very tiny, and but some are more complicated. But you have to solve them mm-hmm. because ultimately, you don't give you know you don't help anyone if you just told it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I try to to listen to people, and then I try to make decisions according to that. Mm-hmm. And of course, some people will be bruised. Some people will think it's good. Some people will think you should have done another way. But at least you solve it and you move on. Mm-hmm. And um, when you're kind of taking decisions, um, do you have a kind of rule that you sit by? Because you said that if a company doesn't take decisions, it stalls. So do you always say, right, I'm going to make sure I, I take a decision within 48 hours, or do I collect an, enough data and once I feel Eighty percent of the way there, I'll take a decision. Some decisions are easier to take than others. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, it's the easy decision they're taken right away, mm-hmm. and the the most difficult decisions. I mean, I reflect, I um, I ask people around, mm-hmm. and uh, but at one point, I mean, if they are difficult decisions, then I just I set myself my own timing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to solve it this week. I'm going to wait talking to that person or getting the information there and I will solve it. But I try not to wait too long because it becomes like the elephant in the room. It just grows mm-hmm. and it kind of prevents you from doing other things as well. Because mm-hmm. it's like a jigsaw, everything impacts each other. Mm-hmm. So at one point I set a deadline for myself to solve it. Mm-hmm. And um, thinking about female leadership uh, in particular, do you think um, that female leaders are, are judged differently from, from men? Um, well, first I think... Um, now we can have female leaders, which is already a good progress. Uh, so I think there's been a giant step on that, and I think there will be more in the future as well. Um, I think, yes, I think, of course, you know, uh, people are judged differently, but this is not just about female. This is about young versus older people. This is maybe about, you know, the color of your skin, maybe your sexual orientation. So I think that, yes, we're judged because we're still in, in a society that, you know, has some perceptions and some bias. But is it preventing us from growing? May not. I don't think so. Maybe it's true we start with a small negative 
you know, I was giving an example that you know when I when I was named the CEO, and then I met a few clients or a few uh, a few contacts, you know, and they say here's the CEO, and it was me arriving, mm-hmm. you know, a small woman, you know, arriving, and I, it's true. I you start a bit with a negative, but then after you've got a meeting and you discuss, and I think that negative disappears. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's it's about the same now because I think there is a lot of bias for a lot of reasons, and I think we just have to move on. And I believe. The next generation will be even better than us on that. So, say you're in that situation where you where you are being judged or you're being unfairly criticised. Um, how do you handle your emotions, and how do you ensure that you have good emotional intelligence uh, and you build emotional re- resilience? And even in, in situations where you probably uh, should be angered, um, how do you make sure that you remain calm? Well, first, I say I find sometimes my male uh, colleagues are much more emotional yeah. than we are as women. Um, that makes you laugh, right? Yeah. And, uh, they hide it maybe, but yeah. much, they take much more decisions on emotions, I think, yeah. than we do. And um, I don't think you know. I think at the end, actually, most of the emotion, most of the decisions we take are based on, on emotion. That's mm-hmm. the way we work as human beings, mm-hmm. and then we just rationalize them basically with our with our brain. Yeah. But um, I think it's just. I think you should never take a decision with anger. Yeah. Or, you know, with too rapidly. I think, you know, sometimes something upsets you or worries you and then you can think about it all night and not sleep. Mm. But I don't think you should act before you've actually matured a bit on that. Mm -hmm. So you need to sometimes cool down and Mm. just, you know, bring a bit of perspective and understand why the person did that or these kind of things. And then I would say act the day after. So what was the the biggest thing that you found out about yourself um, when you became CEO? Um, The biggest thing was that was I... I was capable actually to do the job. I was not very sure you know, until you get it. It's just the, this capacity to be multi multitasking in terms of multi-orientation. The mm-hmm. fact that you can look at the short term and the long term, mm-hmm. decide on, on something, you know, look at the market and look at your colleagues. So this the fact that it's a very rounded job. Mm-hmm. It requires a lot of different skills. And this is what I found interesting. And and I had to to really work on myself as well because mm-hmm. I'm still learning. There are things I'm doing well, but there are things I'm not doing so well. Mm-hmm. So really rea- be realistic. So being open-minded for myself and also being critical of myself. So when I don't do something so well, I have to reflect and think about how I try to improve it. Or mm-hmm. if I have a weakness, or I try to do something that is compensate the weakness. Um, that's interesting when you talk about being critical on yourself. So self-criticism um, can easily spiral into something negative and destructive for yourself. How do you stop self-criticism and going past the level of... of being something about okay i need to recognize my mistakes i need to recognize um how i need to improve into something that could be more destructive i think i'm a fundamentally positive person Mm -hmm. so i think you just have to i always see that there is a bright day and a bright light so i'm super cool about you know the way forward Mm -hmm. and you just have to realize okay you know what this thing i'm going to do it better next time Mm -hmm. and uh, and then i didn't hand it well sometimes i've had conversations that i don't handle very well i'm like okay how do i actually try to do that better next time that's the way i look at it and you said you're, you're still learning all those, those areas that you, you still need to grow. What are those kind of areas that you still think that you need to learn into? Well, there's a lot, hopefully. Yeah. You know, I'm only, my, I'm only 40. But, uh, I mean, you know, there is always about how you, you help your clients more, yeah. how you, you, you develop the company forward, you know, where are the trends going on and how do I have the company, you know, in which direction do I go, what kind of people do I take? Mm-hmm. And, and also on a more personal basis, I mean, 
you know, sometimes um, I've increased a lot my negotiation skills, for mm -hmm. instance. And, uh, but then there are other areas, like sometimes I've got a difficult conversation with a colleague and how do I do that better? Mm -hmm. So they are like small soft skills that I think I still need to learn mm -hmm. and to develop. Um, I always kind of finish the podcast asking um, what your kind of best advice is for, for female leaders or, or anybody that wants to move up into, into leadership. Uh, there is one saying which says, when you stretch, stretch yourself, you grow. Mm. And I think this is true. You know, be confident about your capability. Just be willing to try it and acknowledge failure and then just move on for that. And I think that's what uh, will make you to become good leaders. Great. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I wish you all the success uh, here and also in, the, in your future. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thanks.